When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Over the boundary line, right on the siren. The curtain comes down on the season for both St Kilda and Fremantle at Blundstone Arena. The Saints emphatic this afternoon, 17-5-107, defeating the Dockers, 2021 in the books for the Dockers and the Saints. And Kilda will finish 10th on the ladder. And they register their 10th win of the season to finish percentage outside the eight behind West Coast in ninth and Fremantle on the same amount of wins in 11th position. So there is plenty of positives for both these teams. They've both been injury riddled throughout the course of the year. The Saints, of course, coming off a finals win last year. And according to their president, next year's the year they think they'll be well and truly within their window. So we'll wait with bated breath and eager anticipation for what might be for them next year. And Fremantle just building solidly and strongly. So it could be an even better year for them next year. 17-5-107 St Kilda. Fremantle 6-13-49 is how they finish up. Jack Steele, 35 disposals, 16 of those contested. He had seven tackles and score involvements led by the front all year, should absolutely romp it in in their best and fairest. You'd expect Johnny Barker will turn around the chat that he's having on field with Fox Footy at the moment, in just a moment. Um, but he's one saying that... Um, and you as a coach would know that from year on year, you're looking for players to improve. So he was All-Australian last year. Would you agree that he's gone even to another level this year? Or, I think, I or think at least maintained? I think he has. I think... and. and they're only in slight incremental increases when you get to that echelon and, and, and level of eliteness, I guess you could call it. He just keeps getting better. He has tagged. So last year he tagged in bits and pieces. The year before, tagged significantly. And we talked about the same example of tagging with a young guy from Fremantle in terms of um, Caleb Sarong. Tagged really good players, gets to understand some of the weapons and some of the, some of the craft. That, that goes in some of the running patterns that goes into um, what makes a good midfielder, and then they grow their own game off the back of it. Jack Steele's a great example of it, um, and and he's so reliable. Just week in week out, you just know he's going to be good in a contest. And Caleb Sarong's same thing. He, like he's had the game high clearances for, for for 
um, today and, and for a young fella to, to especially in a contested situation with so many good names out there, well done. The, the other thing he's done this year is he's led from the front. Even in those down patches or the troughs mm. of the season for the Saints, he was still performing consistently at a high level. Yeah. And incredibly consistent season from Jack Steele. And, yeah, and, and taking on the added leadership responsibility as well as the co-skipper this year, even though he was the standalone skipper for a large portion of it as well. Yeah. Um, there's something else that he's had to shoulder and he's accepted. Exactly right. You've got to take out after someone who, even on bad days, just keeps pressing the accelerator and he's been very, very good. He just needs some friends. And and from a St Kilda point of view, if you're, if you're a supporter, you just want to see consistency. You're going to get it from Jack Steele. You need a few more players jumping on the bus. So both these teams have three wins against teams that are going to finish in the top eight for the mm, year. Just shows you what they're capable of. Who did they, uh, who did they let take them off there? The feeling might have been one of the support staff. Yeah. Well, they were they were um, wearing black armbands today to honour a, a long-time and lifetime member uh, of the club, which is a, a wonderful tribute. Yeah. yeah no so doubt. they'll uh, sing the song. We'll uh, get into the rooms and we'll hear that from a Saints point of view. We might even open up the lines for Saints and Frio supporters. 0433 98 11 16. The AFL Nation text line is open. We'll see if we can uh, take any calls. 1300 736 736. We might have just lost our feed to the rooms, which is unfortunate. Um, um, I don't like uh, promising things that I can't deliver, Coxie. Because <laughs> the, well, the audience is going to start feeling like my partner. Um, so, <laughs> the we inside get into 50s. The rooms. Let, let's talk about it. It's 52 to 50. Freo have only got basically similar inside 50s, but it's their effectiveness going inside 50. Freo went at 34%. Uh, one in three they're scoring at entries, whereas... Um, the Saints went at nearly 50%, one in two. And that's the story of the game. They just weren't effective enough going inside 50. Um, we talked about it, had four drop marks. They kill you. And then a little bit of accuracy. If you can't nail your opportunities, you're always going to make it really hard for yourself um, to be able to score. Now, to go down by 58 points when you've had basically the same amount of forward 50 entries... That's a significant discrepancy in efficiency going forward. So the story coming out of this game, and has really been something that's just... He's been building since he got into the side. I think his first couple of games from Cooper Sharman, he was the medical sub. Um, but this is a guy that's kicked four goals today. He's kicked 4-1. He's had 15 disposals and taken six marks. And he's going to finish up after playing five games of footy. He's going to finish up with 10. So he's going at two goals a game mm. to start his career. And as you've you spoken about a few times, mid-season draftee, overlooked in his draft year, has been playing at Woodville West Torrance. He's uh, a Giants well Academy prospect. He came to Melbourne for uni and was uh, a late inclusion. I think you might have said mid-year. He started with Oakley, uh, who just continued to produce AFL player after AFL player. Didn't get taken. Goes to the, the, the Sandful and the Saints give him an opportunity and they have just uncovered one. Oh, you got to you got to take your hat off to him for his um, resilience and his ability to just grit it out. Oh, he, he didn't give up on his dream, and he kept working and working. And he's gone. And he said, "You know what? Oh, I know I didn't get nail it from a from a young bloke's point of view." And so many players don't get drafted out of their under 18s, don't get these opportunities, and, and then just fall by the wayside and don't 
he said, no, I'm going to roll the sleeves up. I'm going to go and find another opportunity. And, and he's gone He's gone the long way around. But the great thing is, and for all those young uh, players out there, don't hang your hat necessarily on just getting drafted out of the under-18 system because there's other avenues if you're prepared to work hard and stick it out. How do you harness that? So we've seen that he's got potential and we, we like what we've seen, particularly in the last month and a bit of footy that he's demonstrated. How, how do you harness that now over this pre-season? It'll be his first pre-season at the elite level to ensure that he continues to develop on the trajectory that he's demonstrated so far. Well, I think, and this is my, my philosophy, I think good coaching is around whoever then takes over or whoever runs the uh, forward line for, for the Saints needs to needs to create a really strong relationship, a really good foundation with him in terms of trust and keep showing him what he's capable of so he has confidence in what he can do. But but also, where where's the upside? What else can you do to grow your game? And, and you know, if he's got real really strong trust in his coach, then he's going to continue to grow. Just looking at him from, from my small sample size, if he gets a little bit stronger in the contest, he's then going to add some, some contested game to what, what he's already doing really well. But he's forward craft at the moment in terms of leading, creating space and then launching and, and taking balls at the, at the top of their, top of his uh, um, grab or leap. You know, he tick, tick. He's, he's obviously been coached really well to this point. But from, from my point of view, being elite in the AFL system requires a lot of confidence and, and, and just really having a coach that you trust who can give you the upside. So the finals are set. That's the, the bigger story to come out of this. Obviously, Fremantle missed their chance to put the pressure back on Essendon, who would have needed to have beat uh, Collingwood to get into that uh, to, to maintain their spot in the top 80. Fremantle had have been able to get the win today. So it was all on Freo to force the issue with Essendon. Uh, they weren't able to do that. So Essendon will finish the season in eighth position. So week one of the finals is set. It's just times, dates, locations still yet to be determined. But this is the first week of the finals. So it'll be Melbourne v Brisbane in a qualifier. The first elimination final will be the Dogs taking on the Dons. The Swans mm. and the Giants in elimination final two. And the other qualifier, Port Adelaide at home, will take on Geelong. And as I said before, there's a, a, a tweet. Uh, that's come out uh, from the account of, uh, and I've just got to get the bloke's name right, who works uh, on the ABC in Adelaide. I've lost his tweet, but uh, I did accredit him earlier before, but he's uh, saying that he's been hearing that uh, the Adelaide Oval are being told to prepare for three finals games next oh, week, which I, is intriguing, to say the least. Firstly, it's true. I'd be okay with you claiming that. Um, no. No. Um, <laughs> But no, but it is intriguing. Imagine um, having to play Port at home, um, given that how powerful they are there. Uh, let's open the lines one three hundred seven three six seven three six. This band's a, a bit of a stalwart of uh, AFL Nation, a regular listener. Always great to hear from Greg in Blackburn. G'day, Greg. How are you, mate? Oh, mate, I'm just so wrapped being a Melbourne supporter. Um, Maxi Gorn's last. Can I say truthfully, I was so jacked off. Um, halfway through the third quarter, I went to bed and I didn't know they'd won until, until this morning. And then I watched the replay again. Max's last quarter was unbelievable. Um, Brayshaw kicking it, you know, down there and they said it was a deliberate out of bounds was a joke, but it worked in our favour. And a wasted season for St Kilda. When they're good, they're really good. And when they're bad, 
they're poor. Greg, so I feel for the Saints. Greg, are you a little bit disappointed that you switched it off? Where's the loyalty, I'm, Greg? Uh, Where's the loyalty? I am very disappointed <laughs> I switched it off. I really am. Oh, you got Maxi Gorn, who, who throws the team on his shoulders. Uh, <laughs> Oliver, he was enormous. You've got to back these boys in. I know, I know. Look, I'm, I'm a dud. <laughs> oh, no, don't be, I wasn't. Hey, don't be too harsh on yourself. Good, good on you, John. No, I look, oh, geez, I didn't want that sort of outcome, but sorry, Greg, I, you know, I was just um, I was just trying. I hope you're happy now, John Marker. I hope you're happy. Uh, it's good. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm in the uh, radio booth now, so I can start slinging some mud, but um, um, out of the coach's box. But, Greg, you must be very excited now. They go in to a final series in tippy-top form, they're uh, on top of the ladder. They get the double chance. And uh, defensively, they're basically the best team in the comp and have been from a numbers point of view all year. That must make you feel good. Uh, thanks to Greg. Uh, he, he just gets in short and sharp, Greg. He's a good egg. Uh, and Love we appreciate it. the call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's start working our way through some of the awards. We've got plenty Let's. of time to take your calls. We're with you till 4 o'clock this afternoon. And we'll keep you up to date uh, on... The Essendon Collingwood game when it gets started at 20 past three Eastern Standard Time. And uh, those who are taking in that game will be leaving us uh, in about 14 minutes time. Uh, Mark's in Sydney. He wants to have a quick chat. G'day, Mark. We'll come back to Mark. Uh, I reckon uh, we do have a break in four minutes. So we've got to get some of these awards away for those who are sticking with us to wrap up this game. So the Furphy unbelievable moment, Johnny Barker, for Furphy refreshing R, born in Geelong, unbelievable. Oh, I just thought the the first uh, St Kilda goal of the game, Higgins won the ball on the halfback flank, had another possession through the middle of the ground, and yep. then finished the goal at the top of the square. We've got a couple of uh, ex-Richmond players who play that high half forward, mm. racing back into space in Butler and Higgins, but that was my unbelievable moment of the day for Furphy. Refreshing R, born in Geelong, unbelievable. MEGT Rookie of the Day, no prizes for guessing this one. Your local mm. apprenticeship experts. He's exciting, isn't he, Sharm? And, and, and come out of come out of nowhere and great pathway. Um, super day. What did he finish with? Four goals. Four um, one. And some of his some of his marking and, and, and some of his craft in terms of being able to um, position and create space to move into uh, and launch and take the ball the, at, at the absolute peak. Um, he's he's a he's an exciting prospect, and if you're a Saints supporter, you'd be um, you'd be very excited about the fact that you got him and King as a uh, as a as a dual act and, and membrane. Well, he's a nice lead up little player too. So and and and. Teams have put in the work to Butler. I and mean, Butler was stiff not to be All-Australian last year. And mm. he was able to get out the back. And they got it to him in space with the yep. quick ball movement. He was the number one tackler inside 50 for small forwards. And he kicked more goals than any other small forward. And and, and they've done their due diligence on him. And he'll find ways to get through. I think he, uh, he was... What did he kick today? He got a couple today. So for the season uh, overall, um, he backs up a 29-goal season last year with... A uh, eighteen goal season this year, so mm. um, not exactly the output that he would have preferred. But he did get a lot more attention than uh, what he had done the previous year. Um, he did. MEGT he did. supporting employees and apprentices for over forty years. The goal of the game for instant windscreens, broken windscreen, call instant windscreens one three two triple four. Well, I, I love the uh, I love the Fremantle um, rush through the middle, handball overlap, handball overlap, home handball overlap, the Wallabies. Yeah, it was great. Uh, uh, 
Walker hit Henry. Uh, the crucial moment for New Farm Australian through and through. It was probably the uh, the four goal to one uh, third term that set up mm. this win. The tackle tackler of the game for Toro for the home ground advantage count on Toro. Ben Long, oh, he's when he when he hits and tackles, he tackles to hurt. The Bendix breaks big moment. Confidence stopping Bendix breaks. Well, I'm I'm talking about Dean Kenny. Two long bomb goals. Yep. They were really good big He moments. put his foot down with confidence, just like Bendix breaks. The toughest player for hard yak, a legendary gear. We'll give it to Zach Jones. A bloody beak comes back Blood on nose. and continues and to just put his head over it. Hard yakker for a new breed of legend. Sorry, Johnny B. We've just got to roll yeah, through these awards before our get part in. of our audience leave it. The player power ratings for Red Energy Water Canstar's most trusted energy retailer nationally for over uh, nationally for 2021. That's Red Energy. Coxie? Jack Steele, Rowan Marshall, Caleb Sarong, the top three. One player you could count on for one, Classic Lager, a beer you can count on. We'll give that to Jack Steele as Absolutely. well. He's done it all season. Sustained performer for Host Plus. We go with you. Give it to uh, Dave Mundy. I'm told by Sir Swamp Thing, if you don't follow him on Twitter, then you're just not experiencing the actual good thing that is on Twitter, and that is Sir Swamp Thing. If he wins the best and fairest this year, then he will be the oldest player to ever win their club's best and fairest. Host Plus, official Whoa. superannuation partner of the AFL. The unmissable moment for drink wise. Choose to drink wise. You won't miss a moment if you drink wise. Is these 3 2 1 votes very quickly? You won. Number one goes to Caleb Sarong. Thought he was enormous. Two. Number two goes to Sharman, your boy. Three votes. Coxie, and three to Jack Steele, who is a star. Their stats for Ross Auctioneers and Value is auctions.com.au. The latter, 10th and 11th, these two teams finish for United Forklift and Access Solutions. No forklift is as tough as a cat from Forklift United. For those that are going to Essendon, Collingwood, enjoy. And we'll be back on the other side of this. That quarter on AFL Nation was for the Isuzu D-Max. Born to live. Go wherever adventure takes you with Isuzu D-Max. Eight-point win over the Dockers uh, down in Tassie at Blundstone Arena in Launceston. Uh, The AFL Nation post-game review for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Uh, Sorry, it's Blundstone Arena in Hobart. Coxie, just laughing at me as you roll on back in with your boost chocolate bar. Uh, Beaumont Tiles Trade Club, some stations uh, who have left us for the Bombers and Pies. Uh, we're going to continue our post-match review and then we'll take you to Adelaide and the Kangaroos. Quick shout-out for Hyundai. Imagine what you could do with 3,000 of bonus genuine accessories on a Hyundai Palisade. The Palisade is Hyundai's largest SUV and is kid-old-approved. Test drive the Palisade today. Offer excludes Highlander models. Uh, the AFL Nation uh, phone line is open too, by the way. 0433 Eleven sixteen uh, off the text machine or one three hundred seven three six seven three six on our AFL Nation wash up. We're going to go through uh, David Teague and Carlton. We're going to talk about the D's and the Cats from last night. Uh, we'll hear from Chris Scott, Simon Goodwin, Christian Petrarca post game as well. Chris Fagan's press conference wasn't he elated after the uh, the uh, Lions yeah. were able to get up into that fourth spot against West Coast last night. And I'll play the audio of Scott Pendlebury basically saying he is on the market. That is a massive story, and I will give you the exact audio uh, and exactly what he said in just a moment. Um, so we'll hear from Scott Pendlebury shortly. Solid. But Mark's been waiting patiently in Sydney. He wants to talk about the Swans. G'day, Mark. G'day, Sam. How are you? Very well, thanks, mate. What have you got for me? Well, uh, first of all, great call on the game with you guys today, and it was impressive to see how well the Saints did. But I'd just like to get your opinions collectively on how you think the Swans are going to do in response of today's result with the Saints. Oh, look, 
The Swans, the Swans are starting to flex their muscle. You must be very, very excited with the way they're going. Um, very much. At, at this point in time, Buddy, how good was Buddy's first first goal of the game? It's like, well, there was ominous signs right from right from the get go. Um, yeah, look, I, I really like the way the Swans are going about it. They're strong around the football. They they, they play a really strong pressure game. Uh, we know defensively they're very good, but they've just they've just added a little bit of spice up front. And and they when when they get those uh, when they get those a, a bit more effectiveness going forward with the Papleys and the and the Buddies of the world, um, you know that they can be dangerous from a scoring point of view as well. Very true. Mark, always great to hear from you, mate. Um, you, and, the, and the other exciting thing that's building for Sydney is that with Buddy kicking six yesterday, he's only eight goals away from reaching a thousand goals. Oof, not this year. Oh, this year. what about no, the wet I blanket? I no, what that. about the I'm wet only blanket? Say, I'm only saying that. No crowds. Imagine him kicking a uh, thousand goals it's, it's without any crowds. Well, we that's, could say that about a lot happening. I mean, Alistair well, Clarkson and Sean Burgoyne so, and, and Basher Hooley and Dave Asprey yesterday, a draw in, in front of no crowds and no chance to say goodbye to those wonderful servants. So they're going to play GWS, aren't they? Yep. Across the rivals. Which, given the, the, the seasons that those two sides have had, it, it's remarkable how long they've been on the road the youth that are in both mm. sides, the adversity that they've faced. It's been an incredible season. It certainly has. So you can get involved too with us on the Southern Phone open line. Simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. Switch to Southern Phone, one 736 736 0433981116. A wrap of the round uh, so far. So Friday night it started. Western Bulldogs went down uh, to Port Adelaide. Port kicked the last three goals of the game to get home by two points. Uh, that's six in a row for Port, three losses in a row for the Western Bulldogs. Port's first win against a top-four team, and they get themselves a home final, finishing second on the ladder. Our wrap of the round for rolled fast, fresh Vietnamese. Yesterday, Richmond and Hawthorne drew. Uh, Swans, 87 points over the Suns. Uh, and then the Lions and West Coast. It was an absolute thriller, not because of the result in the end in terms of the win. We knew pretty much uh, going into the last quarter that, uh, the Lions were home and hosed. The West Coast needed a win to keep their finals hopes alive. But after we knew that it was going to be a Lions win, the equation was whether they could get ahead of the ledger uh, to get the percentage boost required to leapfrog the Dogs into that fourth spot. And it took until the until 20 seconds to go in the game for um, McCarthy to quickly snap in the right forward pocket and just bend it enough to sneak it in for a behind. Charlie Cameron... Then intercept Mark on the kick-in was able to make sure of it. But it was a thrilling finish on a day that dished up a heap. The draw, as I said, between the Tigers and the Hawks. And then to last night, 44 points in front Geelong were during the second quarter. And the Ds came back fiercely at them. And in the end, just had too much running in the legs. And Geelong tried to save the game. And a mark to Max Gorn, about 15 metres out directly in front, unattended. He went back and coolly slotted through the kick after the siren to get the D's uh, the minor premiership for the first time since 1964, which is the last time they won a premiership, as we know. And just for a bit of symmetry, it was also an Olympic year that year and the Olympics were also held in Tokyo. Extraordinary. And you said you've got some more to add to that. Well, all right, let's go. What have we got? All right, I want to go through this. I doled that in too early or... Maybe. I'm just intrigued. Now I've got to find the bit of paper where I had all this written he's down. Got, uh, he's got war and peace oh, here it is. written down <laughs> no, here no, from all so, his uh, homework right. from last night. So do you remember 
And speaking of Olympic years, the last Olympic year was 2016, right? So what happened in 2016? 2016 was the year of the drought break. So the Dogs, 62 years between flags. Mm. The Chicago Cubs, 108 years since winning the World Series. The Cavs, 46 years. Wow. It took them to win their first NBA championship. Leicester won the Premier League. The Cronulla Sharks, for the first time in 49 years, won the NRL. Portugal won their first Euro. And the Hurricanes won the Super Rugby for the first time in 21 years. So this year, right? So this is what you've been doing for the last month, putting this... Uh, yeah. <laughs> putting this, this, yeah. so for this Wikipedia... For those listening to AFL Nation, if, together. If, if you wondered why I botched the final moments of the Tigers and Hawthorne, it was probably because maybe I was uh, concentrating on this. That's not true, by the way. The botching is, but that, that wasn't why. Uh, Tampa Bay won uh, the Super Bowl for the first time in 18 years. Milwaukee, I'm convinced. I'm Milwaukee, convinced. Hang You've on. Got Milwaukee me. Bucks won the NBL Finals for the first time in 50 years. Ash Barty becomes our first Wimbledon champion in 42 years. Hideki Matsuyama becomes the first Japanese uh, player. This is this year. This year. Hideki Matsuyama became our fir- the first Japanese player to win a, a golf major. Mm. So, it's hey, there are droughts being broken all across the board around the world of sport. Could this be the drought break for the D's. I tell you what, you're exciting a lot of D's fans at home at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting there trying to, trying to just grasp anything that they can. But mind you, oh, what they should be grasping is the fact that their team has been playing some bloody good football this year and defensive football, which we know stacks up in finals. I'm just trying to get the relevance for 2016. You just, just because that was an Olympic year, is that what you're saying? I'm just or? saying there's a bit of symmetry there. So it was an Olympic year, the last Olympic year. Five years this ago, is an though. Olympic years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that, that's the even stranger thing about it. I and know. then in that year, that's what I'm trying to look, work out. look at all these droughts that were broken and then look at some oh, of the droughts listen, that have been mate, broken this year. You have <laughs> done an amazing job and there is a lot of symmetry there. There's no doubt. And, and it's not coincidence, I don't feel. Um, is I'm just saying, that splintering's continuing to develop at oh, half time that, between you. That two. was definitely not a high tackle. That, I still can't work out how they how they. Uh, Look, he may he may have like the, his head might have gone down, but he was being dragged down by the arm. Mm. So I'm saying there was contributing factors. Mm. Uh, a shout out for Maccas and Menu Log delivers to you for free during the game. Enter the code word kick. Thirty dollar minimum spend available in selected locations. T and C's apply. That's free delivery. During the games this afternoon, yes. Just on last night's performance from the Demons, uh, who's it a, is it a bigger win for the Ds or a bigger loss for the Cats, given that the Cats were up by 44 at one point and should have put Melbourne away? Which side of the ledger are we going to? Is it a bigger win for Melbourne or a bigger loss for the Cats? Well, now the Cats have got to go now to... To Adelaide Oval and beat a red hot Port Adelaide, Johnny Barker. What? Oof, good luck. The, and and uh, look, I I think it is a, a concern for the Cats. They they're obviously controlling the play really well early, but oh man, that's a big tick for the D's to be able to to on, on the eve of the finals just press the accelerator. I know I say this a little bit, but press the accelerator at the right time um, and flex their muscles. I, I like it. It's a real shot in the arm just before the final start. Real confidence booster too because you know in finals, sometimes you're going to have teams that get away to a good start. And, and if you know that you've you've been able to absorb that, deal with it, teams getting a, 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 a period of play where they take advantage, but you can come back, I reckon that's a, a real big confidence shot for them. We're going to go through uh, what several coaches have had to say over the last 24 hours in the form of Chris Scott, Simon Goodwin. We'll hear from David Teague and get John Barker's thoughts on that. Christian Petrarca, Chris Fagan. Uh, there's a heap to hear from. But I did tease 
that Scott Pendlebury spoke to Triple M today and was asked, first of all, about his contract. The thing I hate about mattresses... I popped out of train the other day and there was a, a Channel 7 or 9 camera waiting. Yeah. And I, usually that means something's happened at the club. And I said, oh, who are you waiting for? And I said, oh, you. I said, oh, what, <laughs> what have I done here? Um, yeah, that... Um, yeah, so obviously with the contract stuff, um, you know, I'm trying to work through that at the moment with the footy club. Um, it sort of got reported that all contracts were on were on hold. Um, I guess we're, we're trying to work through something at the moment. Um, you know, there's an offer on the table, which um, come oh, might have been last week. So we're just working through that. And, yeah, I'm confident something will happen in, um, in, in the short term. But as I said um, a couple of times throughout the year, there's – it's obviously been a pretty big year for our club, you know, change of coach, trying to find a new coach, COVID, um, you know, half the staff's not in the building. So these things are just taking longer than normal. And, yeah, I think something will get wrapped up fairly soon, but I've heard the um, the commentary over the last sort of 48 hours for sure. Is that a one-year deal, Scott? Uh, yes, at this stage, it's a one-year deal, Jay. So that, that, that might not be too mm. much. So you're going, what do you want about Sam? What do you want about? And I'll say, okay, well, then he was asked about what his goals were post-playing career. Uh, yeah, so so if I sign with Collingwood, yeah, it's at this stage it's a one-year deal, and um, yeah, we're as I said, we're trying to work through sort of the best thing for both clubs. I understand at my age, when you get to this age, um, you are slightly lower on the priority list than the young guys, and finding a new coach and things like that. I do have ambitions to coach. I, I've said that, and it's and I think I, I think I said on this program actually, I, I'd yep. like to step away from that football club though, and and just get some experience elsewhere. I think because all I've known since I've been 17 is this football club, but I definitely. Um, and I'm on record as saying I really do want to be a one-club player. So, um, yeah, hopefully we nut something out soon. And um, but, you know, I think I, it was even you, Jay, that, that said it, um, that clubs should be trying to put packages together for me. Um, if they want to offer me future coaching gigs um, for a couple of years' time, I'll have a look at it. But... So that's massive. And then he was then asked if it was similar to a Sam Mitchell situation, the deal that he accepted to go to West Coast. Oh, it's probably, probably similar to... Um, you know, what Ross has been saying all year, like it's, it's hard to talk about something that's not in front of you. Okay. Um, no, nothing like that's come across my desk or anything like that. And uh, I'm just talking to, to our football club for about a week now. And yeah, as I said, something will, I think will get done um, reasonably soon. So th- we're not going to over-sensationalise this, but the key phrases there are, if I re-sign, and he's also admitted that he'd like to step away and get other experience as a coach at another club to see how they do that. But he does want to be a one-club player. So he hasn't got any offers yet. I would imagine that the moment that those words were said, uh, whoever his manager is, phone has probably just disintegrated <laughs> under the weight of, of phone calls that he would have been taking. Um, so he wants to be a one-club player, has a one-year offer from the club, but he's looking for assurances about coaching after that. Uh, so that's a fascinating situation that's a, that's going to unfold. It looked reasonably deliberate in 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 terms of the way he spoke about that those opportunities and what they might mean to him from a coaching point of view. So the fact that that has now been that he has lobbed that out there would suggest that now there'd be some interest from other clubs, which would now put some pressure on Collingwood. So for me, think I think it's a smart play. Mm. He's you know he obviously wants has has a ambition to be a coach. I'm not sure why, but he wants a he wants a coach <laughs> moving down, uh, moving on the track. So, so for him, it's about weighing up what's best long term. Now, now, it, obviously, he wants to stay at Collingwood. There's no doubt yep. about that. But if it means a Sam Mitchell type scenario, then that might be best for him. And Collingwood might actually um, think that that's the best thing anyway, because 
he needs to experience somewhere. If you want, if you want to coach, mm. you want to, you need to experience somewhere else, another environment, and then you may end up coming back. Yeah, it's very similar to Sam Mitchell um, scenario. Does it tarnish his reputation though? If he if he was to go, and I know he said there that he wants to be a one club player, but if he does go and play somewhere else for a season and then move into an assistant coaching capacity, given all that he's achieved at Collingwood, does that then just put a, a not a not tarnish his reputation, but maybe a, a, like a blemish against it, just because he, he's then he's not that one club loyal player. Well, I don't personally. I don't think so, and I don't no. see it that way. You look. Oh, I, anyone who talks about Sam Mitchell talks about him being a, a Hawthorne great, and and you, you're probably in five years' time. There won't be too many that sort of remember that he, he played a couple of games with the West Coast, but. At the end of the day, I, I don't think so. He's, he's, our legacy's sure and a sound of the pies. He's been so um, enormous for that club. So not from my end. Luke Hodge, his reputation hasn't suffered at all. In fact, it's probably been enhanced for what he was able to do to go up to Brisbane and uh, and almost be that on-field coach. And and players like Pendlebury, who is probably, you know, in the, he is absolutely in the conversation with the greatest ever pie. Mm. They're not going to win a flag in the time that he has left in his career. So you don't begrudge someone who's given... And he would have been offered over the journey a ton of money to go elsewhere. That you just, mm. you'd just take that to the bank that he would have been offered big money elsewhere at some point over his illustrious career. If he was to go away for a year and go to a contender, get a flag, be part of a system that's contending, uh, experience new things, as he said, learn new ideas, maybe get himself a, a second career flag, uh, you would certainly not begrudge him that given everything that he's done for the Collingwood Football Club. Absolutely not. I, I just wonder whether, given the turbulence that Collingwood has been through, whether if he was to depart, whether they lose just that, I suppose, a, a sense of stability in terms of the leadership roles, given that there's been so much turnover, so much focus on what's happening off-field as well. Mm. If they're to lose him with a young and up-and-coming group coming through, who steps into that void? Because oh. I, don't, I don't think there's someone there that could necessarily do what's gone... Scott Pendlebury can do for that player. Yeah, it's group. great. It's a really good point. You, you're losing leadership and you're losing someone who's experienced, who's been there, who's done that, who, who shows the way, who describes the way, who helps young guys um, understand what being a, an elite footballer is, but also what it takes to be an elite team because he's been to the top of the mountain. So, no doubt. Uh, it's a good conversation. Pies fans, give us your thoughts. It's all very well and good for us, uh, but we don't speak on your behalf. I'd love to hear from some Collingwood fans. And Do, do you get to a certain point uh, as a player and what you give to a club where you'll be loved no matter what and, and you, you wouldn't begrudge Scott Pendlebury maybe going away to experience some new horizons, maybe get a flag and then come back to the club at some stage in a coaching capacity with new ideas, new experiences, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433981116. The AFL uh, phone lines are open thanks to Southern Phone. Simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. Switch to Southern Phone. Uh, this is AFL Nation, our post-game show for Beaumont Tiles. Just around the grounds quickly for Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Dons have kicked two straight 12 to Collingwood, one behind. Uh, just uh, with under 12 minutes to play in the first term uh, in their clash uh, at the G. So we'll come back on the other side of this. We'll hear from David Teague after Carlton's loss to the Giants last night. We'll get the thoughts of John Barker, who was a 10-year assistant coach and interim coach at his time of the Carlton Footy Club. He's really looking forward to this, by the way. Uh, you are listening to <laughs> AFL <Not> Nation. Really. <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club.
Craigan, uh, Malthouse, um, mentioning that they think I'm doing an okay job or I'm going on tracking normally. Um, it does give you a bit of confidence that people, some of them I haven't, I haven't had anything to do with. And, and when they mention that the path we're on is, is normal and, and the track we're on is normal, it, it gives you some confidence. So uh, I just like to take this opportunity to thank those people because I agree with them. I, I understand we, we, we haven't won as many games as we'd like to, but our journey, our path, we get some players back. We, we've been, I, I won't use this as an excuse throughout the year, but it's a fact. We've just been hit hard by by injuries and now the season's over, well, let's just state it. And um, our guys just keep turning up. They keep competing. And other than last week, we haven't been blown out of the water. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of the way they're going about it. I'm really proud of the way we're shaping our culture. It's, there's been a shift. Um, and, and they're the things that I'm going to leave really proud of. And um, yeah, I, I understand the club's going to make a decision. Um, let's be honest, it doesn't look like it's going to go in my favour. But in terms of what I've done and what I've been able to control, I know who I am. I know why I've done it. I'm really happy with that. That's David Teague after Carlton went down to the Giants last night. Uh, Giants locking themselves into finals action for this year. And it brings the end to a tumultuous Carlton season, a season that, uh, well, the CEO promised uh, was going to be a final season, and that was the expectation, and uh, it certainly has been anything but that. Uh, we're lucky enough to have John Barker here with us. Uh, Ten years at the club, was an interim coach uh, before they appointed Brendan Bolton. Um, Barks, you uh, earlier in the year said that you had some business interests that you wanted to pursue and that you'd be finishing up at the end of the year. Uh, yep. Inexplicably, they finished you up straight away, uh, despite the fact that soft cap cuts have meant that coaching departments are smaller than they've ever been and yeah. workload is stretched to, to the almost a breaking point for what we've been heard, uh, what we've been told. What did you make of that from David Teague yesterday? Oh, look, I, you know, he, he spoke about um, support from the club and, mm. and, and you would have loved to have seen some of that, uh, some sort of um, conversation from one of the leaders, whether it be the CEO or, or the president, just around the situation, it's it's it's, it's just really been white noise, nothing really for, for three yep. or four weeks, and um, just around the fact that you know, Tiggy's Tiggy's obviously dug in under a, a fairly um, tough situation. You, you know, you walk in a, a review in uh, external review through the door halfway through the season. It is a tough, tough scenario, and I couldn't imagine what the environment's been like over the last couple of months. Um, so it would have been great for someone to have come out and 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 have a conversation around um, how well Teague's had to deal with the situation as is. Now, regardless of what comes out with the review, and obviously everyone's um, basically stamped Teague's um, papers by the sounds, um, that, I think, would have been a just a an absolute requirement from from the Carlton Football Club. You've got every right, if you're a Carlton fan, to be embarrassed by just how little they've supported him. And yeah. they've just hung him out to dry, just left him twisting in the wind by himself. It's it's I'm astounded that they've been so quiet on this. It's oh. almost, it's cruel. In, 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 and you, you go through what he's, you know, this first full year was last year. Second full year as a coach. So, hasn't as he spoke about injuries, that's one thing. Uh, COVID years are another. Put a mid-season review in as well. They took away his took director away. of coaching from the... So, yep. Henry Playfair was there Hasn't to had a director support. of football in Chris Judd. 
Um, you got told, no, no, you can leave now. So that one thing that Carlton were doing really well is she was stoppages. I think you were fifth or sixth in the comp. Oh, and then that's been a... We were, and then, and then yep. this year, um, obviously not as good, but... So not a full complement of assistant coaches as well. So first and second, so he's a, an early, a young coach with very little support around where even experienced coaches were saying, yeah, we're finding this really tough. This is a guy in his second year. Um, rebuilding facilities, that's going on around. Uh, it not and inherits a list, so hasn't been responsible for putting the list together. Not a stable work environment, and he's spoken about that. So hasn't had a fully supportive board either. Um, the club have set expectations that weren't uh, realistic, um, and they haven't defended him or supported him publicly in any way, shape or form. I mean, they've made Fredo look staunch. Um, the... The other part of it is, and I found really interesting, that after two years, his winning percentage is 39%. I did a thing called Blind Resume uh, on my show during the week, and I put up a couple of coaches. One of them, two of them have got uh, winning percentages of 31% in their first two years. Would you like to guess who they are? Uh, Clarko. Yep. And Damien Harwick. Absolutely. Um, Chris Fagans, by the way, was in the 20% mark. Mm. And look where he's got Brisbane now. So his first two years, they were about 25%. Um and Mark Thompson's an interesting one because in his time, they won a flag in his eighth year. So that first year, they finished uh, top four or five and then fell away and then went back up and then fell away again. So he was about 44% after two years. So it's another example of getting rid of a coach very quickly. Over the last 20 years, Carlton have done that a lot. Do, do you feel like there's mistakes of the past being repeated again? Yeah, look, possibly. Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to know what... There's a point in time where you keep employing people and if you think they're not getting it done, where's the account accountability for that, for the making of the decision? Obviously, when you bring in an external review, then you become, I'm talking about the leaders of the club, arm's length from the decision because it's someone else's decision so you can move away from it. And, and to be honest with you, one of the reasons, you know, one of the, the bigger reasons is I've got business interests, I want to I move past uh, um, football and want to do something else. Part of that, part of it's about my family and, and wanting to spend more time with them on weekends um, and give them more energy because football is all consuming. But it's also around. I, I couldn't imagine what Tiki's going through and his, him and his family right now, and, and and the pressure that comes with such a big role in 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 Melbourne and your kids going to school and and, and everything being played out in the media. I just there's another little part of me that just didn't want to be a part of that and, and didn't want my kids to have to deal with that day in, day out. And, and it's only, look, it's only a small part. The, the majority of why I chose to move away from football was around getting my weekends back and spending more time and giving my family more energy. Mind you, my wife uh, had enough of me after about a week of, of being at home. <laughs> but, but um, you know, th there is, there is, and you've got to feel for to get the moment, it, it, everything pl plays out. And and you're made to feel like a failure when, as you said, he's he's not. If you if you um, judge it on on relative terms, in, mm. in and and you, we're talking about some of the best coaches of the modern era who've who've had initial seasons yep. at low levels. Now, you know you can argue the toss on. Well, we you know Carlton's probably got a, a more advanced list than some of those lists when they were inherited. But at the end of the day, um, it, it's a tough situation. Yep. What would your advice be to someone who's either entering the system as an assistant coach or applying for a senior coaching position? If someone tapped you on the shoulder and asked, what are your what are your thoughts? What would you say to well, them? Well, they're, they're two different 
questions, Cox. If you want to be an assistant coach, I would, I would talk about the balance and make ensuring that when you walk into an assistant coaching role, um, that you've got assurances and, and you're going to work for a senior coach who understands the importance of balance in your life and because they are roles that are all-consuming and, and, and they take up significant energy and time. Um, in, in terms of um, a senior coach, if you're going for a senior coaching role, I think what you need to know is that you've got a lot of support. You need to know that the leadership of the club that you're about to, to apply for or, or go for a, go for the job in, in terms of going through a process are aligned with where the club is at and where they think they are going and that you're all on the same page. Because what happens is when you get discrepancies of, mm. oh, we think we're a finals team versus we think we're, yep. we're not far off, but I don't think we're quite there, then... You know, you know you've got some issues, and I know Ross Lyon the other night um, alluded to that fact with regards to his conversation around uh, around Collingwood and, and some of the dis, um, dis what would you call it um, um, discrepancies discrepancies in in where they think they're at and and some of the political um, scenarios that are playing out. Mm. He, he just he doesn't feel like that's a great fit. Yeah, I mean, geez, if you were the advice you'd almost want to give is be very, very careful because mm. if you're going to sign up for a club that has absolutely no patience and will get rid of you the first sign of trouble, then you'd want to build some uh, contractual <laughs> um, safety nets in, I reckon. Yeah, because um, you get turned on pretty quickly by the looks of it. That's right, and this is a simplistic view, but if you're losing, you're the worst coach in Australia. If you're winning, you're the best coach, coach in Australia, and neither of those statements are ever true. Mm. It is there, there's there's in betweens. You know, you got Chris Fagan who who had that winning percentage in his first year. His average losing margin was about eight points for the whole season for all the losses. Like they yep. were in games and they nearly won and they nearly got over the top, but you could tell that the tide was about to turn. Uh, so it's a fascinating conversation, and uh, it is one of the big stories of the year. Thanks for your insight into it, Johnny Barker. Hey, imagine what you could do with 3,000 of bonus genuine accessories on the Hyundai Palisade. The Palisade is Hyundai's largest SUV and is kid alt approved. Test drive the Palisade today. Offer excludes Highlander model. 4125 Essendon, 233 to play in the first quarter. Collingwood, 3220 around the grounds. Chemistry has great savings every day. Before we head to a break and come back to wrap it up, shout out to Flight Centre with. Win big with Flight Centre. Five years of holidays big. Where will you go for your chance to win? Head to flightcentre.com.au forward slash win. Adonis off the text. Don't feel sorry fatigue. You put your hand up. You've got to deliver or get out of the way. Uh, so that's the other side of the coin too. And uh, we're more than happy to accept all views coming through on AFL Nation. Back after this. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Essendon and Collingwood, 5-2-32. Essendon and Collingwood, 4-2-26. Uh, that's around the grounds for Chemist Warehouse. AFL Nation, the post-game show for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club, around the grounds. Uh, Shout-out to Maccas and Menu Log. Delivers to you for free during the game. So get involved in that. Enter the code word KICK, 30 min- $30 minimum spend available in selected locations. TNCs apply. Uh, Adelaide and North to finish out the, the round and the regular season for chicane trade quality hand tools. Uh, just your thoughts, Johnny Barker. Two sides that have done some good things. Uh, look, lodged at the bottom of the ladder, we know, as they were last year, but they're on the build and uh, they've shown some good signs. Who's that? <laughs> Adelaide and North Melbourne. Adelaide, are oh, you talking about? Oh, sorry, who are you talking about? This? I was talking about this in Collingwood, Sammy. They have oh. North Melbourne. You've got to, you've got to really um, applaud the way uh, 
they've they've grown into their system. They're they're being able to execute it a lot better as the seasons as the seasons come along. And Adelaide, gee, their, their last month's been really really good. There's a lot of similarities you can draw between Brisbane and North Melbourne, I think. So I'll just put that on the well, table. Yeah, you can. You Don't can. Know. Sorry, mate. I was just I was lost in your I was lost in your eyes, then, Sam. Oh, hello. <laughs> Jeez, we're back on in a big way. That cap, oh. that cap of yours. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I just well, orange jumper just that makes wandering you look like off a, into wandering walk, off into the distance. I walking was. mandarin. Uh, so <laughs> got a couple of minutes left. Uh, one player you can count on for the Crows and Kangaroos, mate. For one classic lager, a beer you can count on. Who could you set your watch to? For the Crows. For the Crows. Oh, Sloan. And for he's, North, he's just an animal. Um, Luke Davies Uniac. I also. like him, and I like Zuha. Absolutely. In terms of just counting on contest. Uh, the Lowe's local achiever for Lowe's, the local petroleum people. Just a shout-out to all the retirees this week. Uh, it all started for them at a local club right across the country, mm. and many have turned into champions of the game. The retiring class this year is one of the best we've ever seen, and they've given some of the greatest service we've ever been lucky enough to get uh, from players in our wonderful game. The local petroleum people keeping regional Australia pumping. Uh, Matty Cox, it's been wonderful to spend an afternoon with you, my friend. Likewise, Sammy. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, Bucks. Thank uh, you, and Johnny Barker, always a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, great afternoon. Good win by the uh, Sainers down there. Uh, absolutely. So St Kilda in the end, which was the game that we were doing, uh, 11 goals to three, they ended up kicking in the second half to run away 58-point winners over the Dockers, who were still uh, up with a chance or in with a chance to play finals. So... Oh, no, you, you were signalling me, no, Coxie. Did you was, want something? Uh, no, no, I was giving you the uh, the hand signals from out the back. Ah, there you go. So we're <laughs> you and I aren't on the same page. Me and Johnny Barker not really on the same page, although <laughs> things have really improved after he got lost in my eyes, apparently. Uh, so it's been a, a day of all sort of... It's been a licorice all sorts it wasn't type of day. High, mate. That it? wasn't a high free kick. <laughs> and where's Bass straight? I'm not letting it go. Yeah, we got off to a very rocky start <laughs> when I couldn't even think of the word Bass straight. In the end, we got through... I won't say <laughs> unscathed. You're getting anyway. no support from here. We were definitely scathed. <laughs> we were definitely scathed. Uh, quarter time, 32-26, Essendon and Collingwood. Uh, for those uh, who have been with us all day, thanks for your company. There is still Adelaide and North Melbourne to come to close out what's been a cracking season. And finals are just around the corner. We can't wait for that on AFL Nation. Thanks for your company. Your Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.